Welcome back, everybody. This is John Cranham, one of the leaders of the podcast. For those of you that have been following us, we want to apologize for the little hiatus. Uh, as you know, and for the people that maybe haven't listened before that are tuning in for the first time that don't know, this podcast was created during the quarantine of the COVID-19 crisis, and it really allowed uh, David Rice and Pio Modi and I to get together on a weekly basis and to put something out there. And, and during that time, we've sort of figured out uh, what this podcast is or what we want it to be. And again, coming back to our offices and getting busy, uh, it's given us a, a time to step away for a few weeks. So we apologize for that. But I just want to take a second on explaining what we are going to be focused on as we move forward. The main thing that this dentist, this podcast is going to be about is interviewing dentists or people that are in the dental community, could be business leaders who are thriving, people that are making a, a huge difference uh, to either patients or to the dental community at large. We want to learn more about these individuals, not only for our understanding uh, of them, but for us to be able to pick up specific traits that we can take into our own lives and into our own practices so that we can improve. We want it to be a positive 35 to 45 minute session where you can pick up uh, common traits, behaviors, and start seeing the discipline that is necessary to become successful in your own lives. So we're gonna be looking at three specific areas uh, as we interview these people. The first thing is who they are as people. Uh, what do they like to do? We're going to learn about their families. We're going to learn about their practices, the business that they're in, and to find out uh, sort of what drives them. The second thing we want to look at is their vision, how often they kind of look at their vision, how they created their vision, and specifically the habits, the daily habits that they do to be able to move forward and uh, to create the success that they are experiencing. And then the last thing we're going to look at is where the juice comes from. In our short time uh, in our podcast and in our endeavors, what we have started to really pick up on is that people that are succeeding, uh, they've got something in them, the fire in the belly, so to speak, that gets them up a little bit earlier. It might keep them up a little bit later, but they start to do things that most people won't do. And what I found over the years is that when we, we start to see the behavior in somebody else and we start to see where that juice comes from in that individual, it might make it a little easier to find it within ourselves. So with that, I, I can't think of uh, anybody better to kick off uh, this new direction in our podcast, and we're going to spend the next, say, 45 minutes, uh, David Rice and I, interviewing uh, one of my favorite young dentists that uh, I've had the pleasure of both teach and teach with, and that is Dr. Zach Sizzler. Well, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> and uh, as I said, we have Zach Sizzler with us today, and David and I are going to be interviewing him. Zach, how are you? 
I'm good. Thanks for having me. So where are you now? Where where are we talking to you from? So I am home since it is Friday morning here. Um, and I'm in central PA. I live in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Okay, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So no plans <clears throat> for leaving for the 4th. You're going to be hunkered down there for the 4th of July. We will be. We are still a little bit on quarantine lockdown mode, and uh, we'll have some small fireworks display here and uh, just kind of grill out at our place. So. All right. And I suppose, David, we should always wear, are you still back in St. Pete? I'm a St. Pete guy. And, and, you know, we're a little, we're a little bummed. Our fireworks uh, got canceled. So Zach, if you could send some things up really, really high, it'd be nice to see them. <laughs> and I'm at the uh, Smith Mountain Lake with actually my wife's side of the family. So we've got a house full and we're a little bummed too, because usually it's a big show. We usually go out on the lake on the boat and they shoot the fireworks up at the, you know, and it's all been canceled. So it's a little bit of a bummer. So we're, we may have to um, drive to North Carolina today and, get some uh get some black market <laughs> fireworks but, but, we, but we will see we will see all right zach we want to kick this off we're going to go back and forth on you uh a little bit and i want to start out with uh just a real open-ended question but if you had a couple minutes to describe who zach sizzler is why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself who the heck is zach sizzler Wow, that is open-ended. How about that? Um, all right. So like you said, my name is Zach Sisler. I'm originally from West Virginia, uh, born and raised there, did all my schooling there. Uh, moved to Pennsylvania about 10 years ago and started practice in a family. Um, my wife, uh, so I guess you could say I'm a, I'm a husband to a lovely woman who uh, I've known, I've actually dated since I was in ninth grade <laughs> and uh, high school sweethearts. And then now we have four kids. So I'm a dad too. Um, their ages are seven, five, three, or seven, five, two, and six months. And uh, life is very hectic right now. Um, so when I talk about who I am, I, I would say, Yes, I'm a dentist, but first and foremost, I'm a Christian. I'm a father. I'm a husband. There's a lot of things that come in front of that. Um, so that. with all of that, uh, I think, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a tough question, John. Like, man, I never really <laughs> thought about talking about myself that much. Um, but no, I guess for me, like, I, I just put very high value on a lot of those things other than dentists. Um, and I know this is the go-to dentist podcast, but I feel like there's a lot more to life than solely dentistry. And I love doing stuff with my family. I love doing stuff with my kids, um, and having fun with that. And even through quarantine, it kind of gave us the option to almost connect a little bit closer, which was nice because it gave us a chance to pause in the hecticness and be able to really focus on those things that are important to me. And, um, sometimes we almost have to be forced to focus on. So we got that chance to connect with family. And now that we're um, getting back into the practice and stuff, that side of me can come back around, you know? Um, so yeah, otherwise I enjoy, uh, I enjoy golfing. We have dirt bikes and things that we ride around here on our properties. So we like being outdoors and, um, 
Yeah. So I'd say that's about it. That's great. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that that's cool about that is, and again, we, you know, we start with that question and it is kind of take designed to take you off guard a little bit, but as we go along, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things that drive you, you know, the why behind some of this stuff. And uh, so I think, I think that's great. I think you've, you've set, set yourself up nicely to be able to, uh, to go a little deeper into that. Uh, okay. David, go ahead. Yeah, Zach, I'll tell you, I, and for those of you who are listening, first of all, um, I hope you really heard what Zach just shared. He, it was family, faith. He is a husband. He is a dad. And then dentistry kind of came in last place. That's so important that um, although you want to be passionate about you know, what we do for a living, we're so much more than a dentist. So thank you for pointing that out, Zach. I, I'm going to direct us to practice, though. And, you know, tell us a little bit about your practice. You know, what do you love doing most? How has it evolved into that? I'm sure it didn't just happen overnight. You didn't walk in the door one day and it just was exactly the way you wanted it. But tell us a little bit about how that worked. (laughs) No, it was not at all what I wanted it, um, to say the least. Uh, But, you know, most good projects um, take some refining and some working to shape and mold them into uh, what you want. And one other thing I didn't mention that uh, about myself is I did, I've done a lot of pottery um, in college and different things like that. And I kind of view my practice like a, a lump of clay on the wheel where you are, you're, you're taking a lot of intentional force and effort and uh, motivation to kind of mold this lump of clay into what you want, just like you would mold your dental practice. And when I found this practice, um, I was in a, I was in a heavily, uh, I was in a heavily participating practice as a young associate. And I was unknowingly approaching the stage of burnout until I've decided, okay, it's time for me to look for uh, another practice that I could own and that could be mine and I could begin to mold and shape how I wanted it. And so I found this little practice in the middle of Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, which uh, for most of those people who don't know where Shippensburg is, it's right in the middle of central PA and it's a tiny little farm town, about 6,000 people and uh, a lot of warehouse industry, good, honest, hardworking blue collar people. And the practice did more gold than it did porcelain. It did more amalgam than it did composite. And it was very single tooth patch them up kind of dentistry. And um, my goal when I came down to this practice and I talked with my team and I said, look, um, my vision is that we're going to have an elite aesthetic practice here in Shippensburg. And they all kind of looked at me and laughed a little bit because they said, I think you need to recalibrate your expectations because um, this is Shippensburg. It's a small farm town. It's a lot of warehouse, a lot of blue collar, just like I mentioned. It's not this place where people are just going to come in wanting elective dentistry and wanting to make their teeth look nice and all this stuff. So, you know, I think you might have gotten in over your head. And so I told him, I said, look, just stick with me. Okay. Just hang out with me. And, um, so as we began to kind of mold this process, I was finishing up the core curriculum at the Dawson Academy and, uh, had met Dr. Cranham and met Dr. Hess and, uh, they were mentoring me through the process. 
And don't get me wrong, I had my reservations about this practice, but I just thought, look, why can't Shippensburg be thought of as an, uh, an elite place to come and have your dentistry done? Like, why not? Like, if, because to me, if you're thinking like, oh, it can't be done, I'm like, challenge accepted. Let's make this happen kind of scenario. And um, so as I finished up the core curriculum, it was really opening my eyes a lot to the treatment planning and how to phase treatment and how to begin to help these people who, yeah, maybe they don't walk in with an open-ended checkbook ready to do a full mouth rehabilitation, but hey, you know what? Could I phase this over three to four years and help fit it in their budget? Could I help phase it over three to four years and gain their trust and their confidence as we're going along through this? And we were able to do that slowly but surely. And it was probably a couple of years ago when we were sitting at one of our team meetings and uh, it was like that little aha moment where we were reviewing our cases for the next week and um, the assistant goes, yeah, we're going to be prepping this case and we're going to be prepping this case. We have the checklist ready. Everything's good to go. We have everything in stock. And I looked at him and I said, you guys remember when you said I wasn't going to be doing this and we weren't able to do this in Shippensburg? And they said, yeah, we remember. And you make it very abundantly clear every time. <laughs> and I said, but we're here. I was like, we're doing it. I said, we have taken this and finally transitioned this into what I've dreamed of. And I said, I'm thankful that you guys are along for the ride with me. I said, um, because you guys are a part of that. And they do. They, they took a sense of ownership in that. They see what that is, the joy that we can provide patients, the amazing, um, life-changing things we can do for them too. And, uh, it's, it's been fun to watch my team grow along with the practice because, um, now we do have people coming, you know, two and a half, three, four hours to come into this tiny little town for aesthetic dentistry. And, you know, I've had a lot of people who come into the office and they said, I swore Google had me lost because I thought there's no way that there is a dental office that I saw online out there, out this tiny little farm room. And I said, yeah, we're here. Are you ready? And they said, yeah, this is what I looked for. This is what I saw online. This is what I want to come and have done. And um, so... It was funny because we just had a case um, on Wednesday where we prepped uh, 10 units for a gentleman where he had had previous dentistry done by his dentist and the veneers kept popping off and, and he was just really frustrated. And so he came in and we were able to sit down and explain things. And he said, this is why I came here. I knew I could get it done how it needed to be done. And I wanted to do it. And I tell you what, after we prepped that case, I looked at my assistant and I was like, when I'm there in that zone, I was like, that's when I know I'm like alive. Like, that's when I know, like, <laughs> I, I have been put here for my purpose on this earth of doing that. And I said, that was just pure awesomeness for four hours. And I said, who would have ever thought that in the middle of central PA, we'd have people coming in to do this, but We've refined it just like we refined that clay on a wheel to get it to where we want. And um, the other aha moment I had was when my front desk came back to me and they said, we had somebody come ask on the phone, do you actually do regular cleanings there? 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you realize that's another sign for us to show that we're finally getting to where we want to get? And so that's kind of my practice in a nutshell. Um, and maybe a long winded nutshell, but still, no, that's uh, perfect. It's perfect. And I also, you know, I, and the thing that I, I, I think is part of the vision and, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but you know, the mistake I made when we got to that point was we actually kind of departed for a while from having any sort of general practice and we got almost too far on the specialty side. And so what I love about what you're doing is you've built this practice within this practice, but you're also still, the answer to that question is absolutely we clean teeth and do general Mm -hmm. dentistry and you you want to have that balance, correct? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I feel like doing the general dentistry side of the practice and that bread and butter component is really important, especially in times like this when we're coming out of quarantine. You know, we in the state of Pennsylvania were kind of restricted on what we were allowed to do initially. Um, So having the general dentistry there to kind of back up and one, keep bills rolling, but keep patients coming in through the practice, getting my staff well acquainted with it and used to it, um, then I, I, you know, I probably wouldn't have had much to do at all if that wasn't still part of my practice. So it was a major help. Great. What, uh, what got you interested in dentistry? So interestingly enough, um, I was an engineering major my first semester of college and was just not digging it. And um, my wife, girlfriend at the time, nannied for a dentist in our um, college town. And he had four kids. And I saw um, the lifestyle of he worked four days a week. He got to work with his hands. He really liked or uh, it was fine detail um, kind of uh, work, like attention to detail focused work, I guess. And so I started shadowing him. And the moment I shadowed him, I was just like, oh, this is it. This is like what I want to do because I really wanted to have something that I could work with my hands, but also be interactional or relational with other people because I felt like with the engineering route, I was going to be behind a desk or I was going to be crunching numbers or I was going to be doing just more on a computer sort of work. And, um, so dentistry opened up, opened up my eyes there a little bit and I uh, never looked back and do not regret it in the absolute least. It's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Awesome. So a great mentor. Go ahead. Mm, I love it. I love it. Zach. So let me ask you this. You mentioned earlier that, you know, when you first got into practice, you found yourself in a, in a practice that was, you know, very like insurance driven and it wasn't really what you were hoping dentistry was going to be for you. And, and I love like I love how you took the pottery story and in, in shaping your practice. So since you you know since you got out of school, what are some of the things? What I guess what are the most important things you did inside of dentistry that shaped your path that got you here? Hmm. I would say I, you know honestly, the first thing I would say is I was committed to CE when I graduated school, and I had some some good uh, professors at West Virginia who told me when I got ready to get out, they were like, look, when you get out of school, you need to go really learn how to treatment plan and you need to learn occlusion um, just because you don't get that here. And honestly, I had one professor who could tell that I was just wanting more than just run of the mill stuff when I got out of school. And he sat me down and 
he put uh, Dr. Dawson's textbook in front of me when I was a senior dental student. And he goes, when you get out, this is who you need to go see. I had no idea who the guy was. I mean, I didn't know. I'd never heard of Pete Dawson. I had, I'd, I think, I think his textbooks were one of the assigned reading that maybe I didn't do in dental school. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I got out, I was like, okay, I've got to go do this. So I was out of my practice for a year. And, and then I started at the Dawson Academy. And that's kind of like when it really changed and shaped my practice because uh, I started hearing, I just was hearing, I had been, I should say, I had been in this PPO practice for about a year before I made that transition to go to that CE. And in doing that, um, the people that I was in practice with, the two older docs, they were not in favor of it. You know, they, they said, uh, we don't practice that way. We're not really sure how that's going to fit here. And I said, well, that's fine. I said, I'm, I'm willing to pay for this on my own dime. I'm willing to go do this on my own just because I want to see what it's like. And I came back from that first seminar, um, looked at my wife and said, we have to move. And she goes, what do you mean we have to move? We just built a brand new house. We just moved in. And I said, I found the way I want to practice dentistry. And I found the way that I always thought dentistry would be for me. So that commitment to that CE, um, was incredibly valuable as a young impressionable dentist because they talked about for the first time things outside of dentistry they talked about you know faith family and play and different things like that where I thought yes this is what I'm wanting this is what I'm craving and so as I got around other like-minded individuals like that um, it helped me realize what I needed and and who I needed to surround myself with and so I would always encourage another young dentist just to say, you become the average of your five closest friends. So if you look around you and you're not impressed with who you're standing around, then you better find a new circle because um, they're going to shape and mold and influence you just like you hope to, I guess, to do to your practice. But if you're not standing around the right people, they could also shape and mold you into the wrong. And uh, I was feeling uh, where I was at uh, was becoming more challenging. Um, I was coming back trying to implement some some of this I had learned and was kind of getting a little undercut in different ways. And I was just like, this is not going to uh, be conducive long-term. And so when I finally made that plunge um, to start looking for a practice, that's when things really opened up. And that's when I was able to really go see other CE that I wanted to do and transition my practice that way. And then uh, also be around people who were happy in dentistry, people who wanted to be a dentist, not people who were doing it just to punch in and punch out every day. Because for me, this was a passion. This is something I love to do. This is something I really care about. And I want that to be reflective of my career. I don't want to sit back and people be like, oh, yeah, he punched in, punched out, and nobody remembers him. So that's what I would encourage the other young dentists is find a good CE path, surround yourself with good friends and colleagues, but also good mentors who are going to help give you some tough criticism at the times when maybe you don't want to hear it, but you, they know you need to hear it. So, so before we go on to the next one, uh, just on that same vein, you started with the Dawson Academy stuff. How soon, because I know the AACD has been a huge part of your um, development. When did you start on that path? 
to do the uh, accreditation process and maybe just touch on that a little bit, how important that's been for you. So um, I started, I started attending AACD meetings probably about four or five years ago. And I guess that would have been, that would have been about one year, maybe two years after I finished the Dawson Academy curriculum. Okay. So after, okay. And, and it was after, and then I didn't start the accreditation path honestly until uh, two years ago. Yeah. I just, I just on a whim kind of took the exam and took off with it. Um, It's been, the next step beyond Dawson for me to mm-hmm. really refine my eye and kind of uh, hone in on little small detail things to make cases just that much better. But it has, it's been, it's one of those things where it's been an incredible challenge, but knowing that those challenges are kind of pushing you to be better uh, is, is incredibly important so that we don't get necessarily complacent um, in our, in our dentistry that we're doing. Absolutely. All right. So we talked about the things you've done inside the practice. What do you, what are the, some of the things you've done or are doing that are helping you develop from sources outside the practice? I mean, and I, I think this is, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but I, I, I admire that you spend time on things that are making you a better leader and, um, business person. And so maybe talk about that a little bit because I, because I think that's really important. Yeah. So one thing I've done, um, you know, it's, it's very apparent in dental school and everybody knows this, that you don't get a lot of business background when you get out of, when you're in dental school. And one thing that's been interesting to me is having friends who are not in the dental field, but are in the business field, because when you can bounce ideas off of them, and they look at it purely from a business model, you start to begin to analyze your practice slightly different as well. I always say you're 51% dentist and you're 49% businessman, meaning the code of ethics that I took to become a dentist, still I have to be held to that and I always have to be thinking of what's in the best interest for the patient and if there is something that's gonna cost me money to do it, I still have to do it in their best interest. But 49% of me still has to make sure this practice is going to run afloat so that my team has jobs, we all have a livelihood, and that we become a thriving practice. So I feel like surrounding yourself with people outside of your practice who are not in the dental world, who have real-world business insight, is incredibly important. And I've ran into the right people in doing that, and they've helped me a lot. The other thing that I've done um, more as of late is I started working with a uh, leadership development coach back in December. And uh, I started working with him just because I thought, oh, this is kind of like my next step. And then, you know, about two sessions in, I realized, <laughs> oh, I really needed this because <laughs> I, I didn't real, realize how incapable I was. Um, <laughs> but... Um, with that, I started working with this gentleman and, and I was intent when I, intentional when I started um, thinking of how I wanted to handle my leadership development because I didn't necessarily want it to be solely dental. Like I said earlier, there's more to me than just being a dentist. You know? So I wanted a more well-rounded approach. I didn't want it to be solely business. I didn't want it to be solely dental. I wanted it to have 
a faith and also a family component to it. Um, because ultimately for me, it was more about how am I going to live a legacy uh, worth living? And so I found this gentleman after interviewing and uh, it just was a good fit. And so what he's helped me to be able to understand is maybe certain downfalls that I have that I need to work on and how I need to be intentional about the people around me, but also um, providing me with action steps and literal things that I need to get done to push me and to grow me to be better. It's great to sit around and talk about things, but just to talk about it with no form of action after it is really just wasted breath. So um, really working with that leadership development, it's helped honestly in the last, uh, I've been up against some <clears throat> fairly intense challenges over the last six months. And uh, in doing all of that, had I not had the leadership development, I would kind of wonder how I would have handled a lot of situations because looking back on them now, I realize how key some of these decisions were that I was making, even not, not knowing it at the time, but having this um, new background and this like looking at things through a new lens allowed me to really make such better decisions than what I ever would have prior. So the business aspect, the leadership aspect, and still having a little um, time for family fun and, and travel. And I mean, I think that's kind of the core of what I've always wanted to do is to have that balance. But I realized that I can't, um, I can't place one thing that's too high priority over the other. Otherwise, it gets way out of balance and way out of whack. And so I have a very good wife who keeps me grounded here at home as well. And so um, as far as things outside the practice to work on, uh, that's another thing that I try to would like to work on. That's, you know, just my marriage and making sure that, that stays strong and healthy because um, that time to be intentional with our significant other is not just for me and that significant other. It is for my kids to see and for me to be a model to those kids so that they understand um, how a husband treats a wife and how a wife treats a husband and how they interact with one another and how they're a team as well. So again, those big three broad generalizations kind of um, outside the practice for me are what kind of really drive me, I guess. That's I awesome. That. I love that. I, you know, I'm throwing you, first of all, I'm throwing you a virtual hug. Um, <laughs> you're doing so many things well and so many important things well. So there's that, but you know, this leadership training reminds me of something I know all top 2% leaders have. They have a strong vision. They have really, they have clarity and it's a habit. It's like you said, it's an action. It's not just um, let's sit around and talk about it, but from a habitual day in, day out, what are the big things, the little things we do to, to constantly develop our vision. So how often do you work on that clarity, that vision for your practice, for, for the business side? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, <laughs> we had a lot of time to work on it during quarantine. <laughs> and so I was, I was refining it. And um, I kind of broke it down into two, I kind of broke it down into two ways for the vision of the practice. Um, this, oh, sorry. The slogan we have for our practice or the, like the tagline is advanced dentistry with a personal touch. So for us, that means we provide complex solutions 
we're, we provide solutions for people who have complex problems, and we believe that we are a premier dental practice in central PA. We also feel that we are able to um, provide these solutions that go beyond usual and customary care. And so by doing that, patients who come in, we can make them feel um, confident and trusting in what we're able to provide, but we also build a relationship and create that personal touch involvement. And so by doing that and refining that and talking it over with my team, I kind of boiled it down again. I said, okay, well, that's a vision. And that's, that's kind of where we want to head. We want to be a premier practice. We want to provide this relational component for our patients. We want them to feel confident when they're coming in, just like that guy I alluded to earlier. He wanted to come in because he realized that um, he wanted to come to the right place to get the job done. But I said, more importantly, you, you alluded to a great David, talking about our habits. And I was just le- listening to a podcast last week on leadership talking about how 40% of our day, there's a study done by Duke University, I think back in 2006 is what they alluded to. 40% of our day is done in the like subconscious just habits that we have ingrained. Some good, some not good. So what are you doing with those habits? And those habits kind of come back to some of our core behaviors and our core um, attitudes and how we believe we're going to respond to these things. And so what I did is I said, okay, here's our vision, advanced industry with personal touch. Here's our statement. This is what we want to be about. But what are the three things, what are the three behaviors that we want patients to feel, to touch, to smell? What are the three things that ooze out of us when a patient comes into our practice? Because boiling it down to those three makes it a whole lot easier for us. And so I had come up with my three. And then I said, okay. I want you guys to tell me. We, we sat around as a team and I said, what are the three things that we want to be remembered for? What with this vision does that reflect? And so the three words we came up were uplifting, relational, and confident. Because really, how many times a day do we hear people coming into the office and they don't want to be there? Hey, just no offense, but this isn't my favorite place to be. Well, you know what? We want to be an uplifting spot in your day. We want to be a bright spot. So we're going to be positive even when you come in at us with, you know, your negative. Oh, well, it's too hot outside. Man, I'm sure glad it's not raining. You know, we're trying to find the uplifting component. We're also building the relationships because realistically, the more I've learned about leadership and the vision and component, it's all about the relationships and bringing people along with you on the journey. So we're going to be relational with these people so that they realize that Right now in front of me, you're the most important person. We want to talk to you. We want you to remember, or we'll remember when you come back in what we talked about and ask you about your daughter's wedding, ask you about vacation, different things like that. And then lastly, we want them to feel confident because we've built that relationship. And we want them to feel confident that what we do on a daily basis is top-notch stuff, but we're doing it with kind of like, a loving, caring background, and that's why they can feel confident in us as well. So when we look at our vision, we boil it down. Yeah, we have our our statement, but we boil it down into those three core values. Like, are we being uplifting? Are we being relational? And are we being confident in what we're presenting to patients? I love that, and I you know I think that 
What's so important, I really want everybody to listen to what he's saying, because one of the things that is important when you're creating a team, and we're working through this right now because we have a doctor leaving and my daughter's getting ready to join the practice. So it's, you know, we're kind of at that point where things are going to shift a little bit. And so it's always a great time for everybody to get reacquainted with who we are and what we're all about. But what I love about what you're doing, and I think I'm going to steal it, by the way, is, <laughs> is having the conversation, anything that you can do to get the, the team to buy in to monitor their own behavior. It, it, it's so important because once you have team members that buy into what you're doing, then you no longer have to run around and tell them what to do. It starts to become self-awareness. And, and so, you know, what you're doing spectacularly is building a culture. And, and the other thing that happens when you build a culture like that is that it becomes really clear for the team member because they ultimately have a choice too. They have a team, they have a choice about whether they want to be in or out. And if you're not clear about your vision, then you often have these people that are just kind of rowing in their own direction. And sometimes it's better for a person to find out maybe they don't fit and they go somewhere else where they do fit. But I think this type of practice where they have time and and, they, and they're relational and they get to focus on excellence and the things that you're talking about. I, there's very few people that don't want that, I find. And so yeah. I, I think that's great. Um, I think what I'm gonna do uh, is go to, the, go to the very last question because we're about 40 minutes now. Um, you've done so much in such a short period of time. And, and obviously with that, one of the things that intrigues us and, and it really wants to be one of the cornerstones of our podcast and you've done a great job so far describing everything that you're doing. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested. We're really interested to find out like, where does the juice come? Like when you are working this hard, you, you know, there has to be something inside of you that makes you want to get up at six in the morning to do your business meeting. Like you did this morning. Um, where does the juice come from? Because anybody that's successful or having success has to have the fire in the belly, as Pete Dawson would say. Um, but where's your, what, what, what's your why? Where does the juice come for you? Ooh, man, you guys throw the tough ones out. Um, so for me, the juice comes from, again, what's the legacy that I'm going to leave behind? I'm going to leave a dental practice behind. I'm going to leave kids behind. I'm going to leave family behind. And that's what I mean, like, truly, like, not to be morbid, but, like, when I die, like, what's the legacy I left? I just never want anybody to think, man, he squandered a lot of opportunity. And he was given a lot and entrusted with a lot, but he blew it. So to me, I want to make the most of every single opportunity I've got from every crown prep to every uh, dirt bike ride to every um, golf round with my son. I want to make the most of every time I have. And I realize that the only way for me to do that is for me to be disciplined in what I'm trying to achieve and to have not just my vision for my practice like David alluded to, but a vision for my life. Because I 
we can all sit here and wander around aimlessly and hopefully that we get somewhere at the end. But if we're not being intentional with that time, just like in not creating those positive habits, we're going to live 40% of our life in the subconscious of just wandering around. So having that plan and where that juice comes from is to making sure that the life I'm living right now is worth a story worth telling. And it's also people look and say, man, what a life well lived versus, huh? Yeah, he was a nice guy. No. It's more than that. It's your life's journey. It's your life's story. So having that discipline, having that fire in the belly from making sure my kids are um, become a contributing member to society and have those core beliefs that I have for them as well with faith and family and friends. Um, it's me trying to put on the best version of myself for them to see it as well because they are my legacy. And they're the ones that are going to carry on the Sisler name, you know? So if I'm not being intentional with my time to help myself become the best version of myself, and I'm not able to help them see that, how in the world are they going to grow into the people that I hope they would? How, am, how are they going to be able to live a life that is worth telling as well? So I don't want to get emotional too much, but <laughs> with them, it's just, they're my fire in the belly. Like why, why I want to get up and do all this crazy stuff at 6 a.m. because we're still in bed. And I know when they get up, it's dad mode. So anyway, that's my fire. Yeah, I love that. Even got a tear out of you. That's, that was the yeah. goal. We set it up perfectly, David. We set it up perfectly. Um, you know, one of the cry, John. That's it. <laughs> one of the things that one of the things that you know, I I would I marveled at with Pete Dawson um, was when I started teaching with him. You know, I was so enamored with his ability to do dentistry, and and the first time I spoke with seminar two he invited me to dinner the night before and I showed up at the yacht club with my slides and I thought he was, we were going to go through the slides and all this kind of stuff. And I started pulling out the computer and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And, and so the thing about him and, and, and I had a lot, have a lot of the same value system that you do Zach, but one of the things that Pete really taught me and you're figuring out really quick is he had the unbelievable ability to do, to be a hundred percent focused when he was doing dentistry and he had the 100% when he left dentistry, man, and he was a social guy. Like when we were at the Yacht Club, it was about his friends and his Manhattans. You know, I mean, he was having fun and he didn't talk dentistry, you know, but when we went back to the place and turned on the computers, it was back to 100% dentistry. And so you're figuring out that really, that you're figuring out that very, very early. I think a lot of dentists, when they're at work, they spend all their time at work worrying about, worrying about home. And when they're at home, they're worried about work and you just... You have to reverse that. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. You did exactly what we needed to do. Uh, I think what we're probably gonna probably gonna do is have you drop off, and then okay. Dave and I are gonna kind of have a final. We're gonna talk about you a little bit. But uh, <laughs> any anything for Zach, David, before he goes? No, Zach. Really, I, I appreciate you. I, I I appreciate who you are in in. Thanks for your honesty. Thanks for your vulnerability. We need we need more of that in life. So keep doing what you're doing. 
Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, kids are rolling downstairs now, so it's time to uh, You go. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of you, man. Have a great fourth, and hey. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Later, guys. Yeah. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah. That was good. Really good. He's just a neat guy. And, uh, but what are your takeaways? Sort of, let's, let's kind of wrap it up. You always have a good way of kind of putting a bow on this. What were some of the big th- takeaways of, that we can, uh, can help other people emulate? What do you see are maybe the two or three things that really stick out for you that are driving Zach's success? Strong vision, met strong mentors, and then commitment to the daily habits that are required to actually see progress. And I think that's where most people, I think a lot of, you know, every January people wake up and, and they start their diet and this is the year they're going to be healthy, but most quit. So he has habits that help him stay consistent. And I think if we can help dentists develop their vision, um, build a a small circle of mentors on the clinical side, on the business side, um, including leadership. That's a a big one. And, um, and then we can give them a roadmap to, you know, six habits that all great leaders seem to share in common, despite all the other things they do. I think that could be a really great platform. Or maybe we could do, maybe we could do seven habits and write a book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry that's awesome so we do six and a half we need to yeah, so slight, slightly different. no trademark infringement <laughs> but i you know i think if we did that i mean and then if we stayed consistent in there those could lead to courses here's a course on yeah. this bucket this bucket or courses that fall into each one of those buckets that could be a next level that sponsors would be interested in listeners would be interested in yeah i think that. we would be yeah i mean my thing that i uh what i was sort of taken away is if and i want people to pay attention to this and, and i happen to know that zach does extremely well financially in that little town but he never talked about money didn't come yep. up once never talked yep. about money and so you know when i was looking listening to his why and he got really emotional at the end there um he's talking about legacy but really when he started talking about his kids and and creating he is so focused on creating this this business that allows him to compress his time so he can get outside the walls of his practice and have this life and be a dad and, and to be, I didn't know he is, that he, that his wife, he, he started dating in, in ninth grade. Uh, but, you know, along with that, that why the other thing that, you know, you point out is it's, it's just incredible dis- discipline, you know, these mm-hmm. habits and being disciplined. And, and to me, that's, that's that persistence thing that I like to talk about. That's where it's hard. I mean, you can have a vision and you can be passionate about it, but if you're not disciplined, like every day, especially when you hit an obstacle and he hit some obstacles, um, then it's just easy to kind of slip back into habits that aren't very, that aren't going to lead you where you want to go. Yeah. And I think the downfall that we're seeing in dentistry, and this has been around for a long time. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of DISC. And I'm a huge fan of Gallup and Strengths. However, those, because so many people just teach that and then they never teach people this, mm-hmm. people think, oh, well, I'm a high eye. I'm supposed to be this energetic community person, but I'm not supposed to dot the I's and cross the T's. Yes, you have to learn. You have to develop the yeah. habits. 
the purpose of the disc is to show you your weaknesses as well as your strengths, right? <laughs> right. And, and, and most people just scratch the surface. So nobody learns what to do with that. That's just the, that's just gets you in the door. Now let's talk about what to do to be successful. So, yeah, well, this is, this, this is good. Um, to our listeners again, I hope you enjoyed this one. This is definitely the direction we're going. Uh, we want this to be a place where, you get to meet some of the rising stars and maybe even the stars and probably some business people in dentistry. But what we want to delve into is to continue to be a place where uh, you can have a positive 40, 45 minutes and hopefully learn some tools and some habits that will take you to where you want to go. So with that, David, thanks for coming in. Hopefully we'll get PO on again next time. And to our listeners, uh, Go ahead and remember to follow us and you'll get alerted as we pop these things out. So thanks for tuning in.